0: Through their investment in the corn checkoff, Minnesota's corn growers are fueling research that builds a more sustainable future for farmers and all Minnesotans. Each month, we will be speaking with the researchers who are leading the projects helping farmers become better stewards of the land and developing new markets that increase profitability.
1: Today, we're talking with Lindsay Peace, an associate professor in nutrient and water management with the University of Minnesota based in Crookston. Well, Lindsay, let's kind of unpack some research that you've been working on uh, and how you've been able to tap into the innovation grant program offered by the Minnesota Corn Growers to kind of further this research along. Kind of start at the beginning if you don't mind.
0: The beginning of this is really when I came into my position about a year and a half ago. I was looking to see what water quality data had been collected both within the state of Minnesota and specifically within the Red River Basin, and there's a huge gap in our knowledge. We have a lot of data about what's happening in the river and downstream, but we don't have a lot of data to really help guide people when it comes to what's coming off of farm fields. And that's exactly what I've been trained to do, is collect water and, and look at nutrient losses in farm fields and then tie that back to farm practices to make sure that what we're doing is the best possible outcome for both nutrient management perspective and from a downstream perspective. So That's kind of the beginning of this work. Um, And because we had so little data, this innovation grant proposal was a really great forum to take this kind of exploratory data collection, looking at individual grab samples across different sites, different landscapes, so not just farm fields but also maybe looking at nutrient losses off of buffers or uh, in-stream uh... within cities outside of cities just kind of a broad survey of water quality data and that takes a lot less funding than the intensive full-scale monitoring that you see on, on some of the other really great programs we have in Minnesota like Discovery Farms uh, So, but this work can be used to then justify further data collection later on. So that's where this innovation grant comes in, and, and corn growers is, is really giving an opportunity for some seed money to do the baseline data collection. And from there, we can really identify what needs to be collected, maybe at a bigger or more intensive scale.
1: Right, and we will talk about the results here in a little bit, at least the initial findings. But before that, I think it would help our listeners who maybe aren't that familiar with the the landscape that we're talking about because this is fairly region specific you know as far as the topography the types of crops that are produced the the farming practices that are most common i'm sure you factored all of that in
0: northwest minnesota is is really different and kind of special in a lot of ways because we still have a really strong diversity of crops that are grown up uh, sugar beets are huge Um, up in northwest Minnesota, as they are in a lot of western Minnesota, but but we still have sugar beets as a really strong part of a rotation, um, even in rotation with corn and soybeans. Corn and soybeans are increasing in the rotation all the time, but we still have a lot of uh, spring wheat and dry beans. Sunflowers are also something that, that can be grown in rotation with corn. So you see a lot more diversity of cropping systems up here in northwest Minnesota than you might see in more southern parts of the state. The topography is, um, it can vary a little bit as you go from west to east. West near the Red River, everything is very flat. This is a glacial, former glacial lake bed, so thinking heavy clays, flat, you can see as Literally, as far as the eye can see, there's nothing—no mountains, no hills—to break up the view. Um, and then, as you get more towards the east, you get into some more varied uh, soil conditions. Actually, so there's some sandier soils. So guys will sometimes use irrigation as you get further east. And and so you have actually quite a lot of variation, you know. And then on top of all of this. Soil diversity and crop diversity. We have the coldest climate of all of Minnesota so, and, and really one of the, I feel like one of the coldest cropping regions uh, of, of the lower 48, if you will. Um, so, so we have to factor all of that in. What works in other parts of the state doesn't necessarily work here in terms of fertilizer management. And so all of that needs to be factored into our baseline data collection.
1: And now that we have a better understanding uh, of all of those factors, what have you come to understand better? Because I'm sure some, if not most of it, you you had a fairly good understanding of or grasp on uh, before this research really dug deeper. But but how far along in your research are you and and what are the results that you are most excited to share at this point?
0: Well, I think right now we are just at the beginning stages of this work. We've run into some administrative delays in light of our current situation uh, with, with, the, with the quarantine crisis. Um, I will say, though, that this work has been approved by the university to continue on because it involves just one person traveling out to a field site and grab sampling, so I'm happy to report this will still be happening, but unfortunately, we really don't have any results at this point. We're just at the very beginning phases of this work.
1: So, Lindsay, to summarize to mostly the farmers of the region, but then to to anyone else, too, kind of uh, what you hope to accomplish. And I know you kind of gave us an overview at the beginning, but if you were to kind of succinctly wrap this up as far as, you know, what what you're looking to do here and uh, the value of the information that you uh, hope to gather, how would you sum this up?
0: I'm really excited to do this work because I feel like this can lay the foundation of a lot of further studies into how fertilizer management can really improve the efficiency of what you're doing on your farm in addition to helping prove that that we're all already good stewards. I think there's a a big tendency to maybe point fingers towards agriculture because we're the dominant land use in this watershed and really throughout the state of Minnesota. But this isn't about finger pointing and isn't about making anybody feel like what they're doing is wrong. This is actually about empowering people and letting them know what their inefficiencies are so that we can correct them. I think that's what I'm really excited for this work is to show and highlight where guys are doing a really great job already and I'm excited to be able to show that with some real concrete numbers down the line.
1: And the last thing, as far as the value of the innovation grant program and the fact that you have a commodity group like the Minnesota Corn Growers that have clearly made this a priority, what does that mean to a researcher like you?
0: This was an incredibly exciting opportunity for me, especially as a brand new researcher, new to the region. It can be really hard to bring in bigger dollars to do bigger high-value projects, so uh, so something like the Innovation Grant where it's giving us a little bit of seed money to get something started and get something going, we can produce some really high-impact research and get that out to everybody really quickly. And then that also helps me develop my program um, so that I can keep answering these critical questions throughout my career here in Minnesota.
1: To learn more about her research, visit mncorn.org.